all of you online and in the room. Great to see you, and I can see some smiley faces now, so that's really nice. Um, there's been a lot of sport on TV this summer, hasn't there? Any of you a bit fed up with it? Um, I ended up watching a huge amount of tennis, and there was this big debate about Djokovic. I don't know if you followed this. Whether he would get to be the GOAT. Do you know what GOAT means? Greatest of all time. Well done, yeah, greatest of all time. And, and, and that seemed to be dependent on the number of Grand Slam titles that he would win. And he did add another one to his tally this, this um, summer. And he needs, I think he needs another one, doesn't he, to surpass his nearest rivals. But my sister-in-law was having nothing of that debate because she's a big Roger Federer fan. And she said it doesn't matter how many titles Djokovic wins, Federer will always be the greatest. In our reading from the Bible this morning, it starts with, the G with um, Jesus' disciples coming to him and saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, when we read this, I think we suspect that we know the answer they wanted to hear. They wanted Jesus to say, well, obviously it's you, my closest friends. Good question to ask, isn't it? Who here is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? The ones on the front row? The ones who are employed by the church? The ones who've been coming to church the longest? Or the people who get to stand on the stage and, and are given a microphone? Well, if you, think it's, if you think the answer is any of those, you are going to be surprised by the answer that Jesus gives. Now, over recent weeks, we've been looking at this question of what is heaven really like? And we're looking at a series of stories or parables that Jesus told to help us to understand more about heaven and his kingdom. Not just what heaven is like after death, but what it can be like now when God is in charge of our lives. And today we get another glimpse into what the kingdom of heaven looks like. But we don't get a story. Instead, we get a picture. We get a visual aid. So we're going to read together from Matthew 18. If you have a Bible, do feel free to follow along with me. If you don't, the words are going to come up on the screen. So I'm going to start reading from verse 1 of chapter 18. At that time... The disciples came to him and asked, came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So what does being truly great look like? Jesus' answer is really simple, isn't it? Takes hold of his visual aid, a small child. Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. 
other words, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest. It's, it's a shocking answer, isn't it? Especially then, I think, when children would have had no status or prestige in that society. And what's even more shocking is Jesus is actually saying, never mind who's the greatest, you don't even meet the entry requirements unless you change and become like a little child. To understand this, can I just remind us a little bit of what we're learning about the kingdom of heaven? When Jesus is talking about it, he says the kingdom of heaven is already here. But he also says it's close by. And then he says the kingdom of heaven will come in the future. And that can sound very contradictory, but actually all of those statements are completely true. Jesus brought in his kingdom, so it's already here. And one day, we will see that kingdom in all its fullness. There'll be no more weeping, no more sickness, no more dying, no more injustice. But for now, we live in these in-between times, what we might call the not yet. I've been a Christian for 50 years, and I've seen a lot of the now of the kingdom, a lot of great blessings in my own life. It's a story for another day, but it's actually a minor miracle that I'm standing here today. But I have also experienced a great deal of the not yet. The point that Jesus is making here with his visual aid is that children live in the now. Their expectations are that the kingdom is here now. They're not weighed down by my adult experiences or the disappointments I might have suffered or any baggage I might be carrying. That might sometimes hold me back. Well, I can't turn the, 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 the clock back and become a little child again. So what does Jesus want me to do? I think he's telling us to humble ourselves and embrace the characteristics of a child. Now, there are lots of characteristics I could talk about, but I'm just going to share three main points with you this morning. And the first one is that children learn and grow. They are learners and growers. If you're not a follower of Jesus, or even if you're a bit skeptical about faith, by the way, you are extremely welcome. It's so good to have you with us. But sometimes if people are skeptical about faith, they look at believers and they think that they're not thinking too much. They're just being a bit naive. They're just accepting everything. But Jesus says to his followers, be like a child. And have you ever heard anybody ask more questions than a child? I mean, they start off and they're like little sponges, aren't they? They just absorb everything around them. They listen, they learn. And then as, as soon as they can start to speak, they bombard us with questions. Why, 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 why? Why is broccoli good for me? Some of you are still asking that question, aren't you? What's behind the sky, mummy? 
I wonder what this slug tastes like. Everything has to be touched, licked. They're curious, they're inquiring. They want to learn and they want to grow. But for some of us, we left most of our learning behind when we left school. But I think being like a child means remaining inquisitive, remaining teachable. It's okay to ask God our questions, for example. When will this suffering end? Why didn't I get that job? What plans do you have for me, God? And we need to keep taking opportunities to grow and to learn. We might do that by reading. We can do that by attending the training events that we often run. But you know, it might simply be trying something new. When you're young, everything's new, and it's really exciting. Then as we age, something seems to happen, and trying new things starts to become a bit scary, a bit intimidating. Why don't you embrace your inner child and give something new a go? Because the greatest among us are those who try the unknown, who continue to ask questions, Second characteristic is that children look at the world with eyes wide open to the wonders around them. You just imagine for a moment the delight in a child's eyes at the beauty of a bubble being blown for them. Such a simple thing. Or their amazement at the colors and the patterns on a butterfly's wings. Have we lost that sense of wonder and awe and joy in the world around us? I love this quote from Hans Christian Andersen who wrote stories for children. He said, the world is full of miracles. We just stop seeing them. And kids are so open about their emotions and their feelings, aren't they? I live next door to a young family and some of you know that I complain about the fair amount of crying that goes on. But you know, there's also a lot of delightful giggling. Everything's fun. Great joy is found in the simplest of things. Daddy kicking a ball, mummy pulling a funny face. Nikki Gumbel reminded us that children laugh on average 150 times a day. Adults laugh on average six times a day. Jesus tells us to be more like children. So are you enjoying life and all that God has created for you? Do you delight in the miracles around you? Third point is that a child depends on their parent or guardian. They trust that their parent knows best for them and will care for them. A child shouldn't be worrying about their next meal or what they're going to wear. If they do, then we think that's really wrong, don't we? You know, elsewhere in the Bible, Jesus points out that um, we don't need to be anxious because we can rely on his provision. But I don't know about you, but as an adult, I find that a constant battle. 
I really struggle. I want to be self-sufficient. But I think becoming more like a child means asking more for what we need and trusting that our Heavenly Father will provide whatever it is. Debbie Wright, um, Debbie and John Wright are the uh, national leaders of the vineyard in the UK and Ireland. Debbie um, told a great story about when she was very small. And her dad said to her, Debbie, would you like to come to the bank with me? This is back in the days when people went to banks, I suppose. <laughs> um, and she was overjoyed, absolutely overjoyed. She had siblings, so time alone with her daddy was really precious. And she has this vivid memory of her as a little girl, skipping along the road, holding her daddy's hand. Now, Debbie didn't really know what a bank was. So she didn't know where she was going. And she didn't know why they were going there. Her father could have been going to pay a lot of money in. Equally, he could have been going to ask for a loan. But she didn't need to worry about that because she was with her dad. Being more like a child means living life that way, holding our Heavenly Father's hand, going down the road, trusting that he has everything under his control. When my dad was elderly, he told me that when I was tiny and I wasn't feeling very well, I would climb on his lap and I'd say, make me better, Daddy. I had complete faith in my parent. Now, if you're a parent, you'll know how heartbroken he was <laughs> because he could comfort me, but he couldn't make me better. Later, I got to know my Heavenly Father. I got to know more about the power that he has. Now I know that I can say, make me better, Daddy. And he has the power to do that. Do adults accept too easily the not yet of the kingdom? Children believe in the now of the kingdom. It's why they're the best at praying for people. I tell you, there will be so many stories coming from DTI next week because they will really go for it. I'm just going to read a couple more verses before we close. So verses 6 and 7 following on from what we read before. Jesus says this to them, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble... It would be better for them to have a large millstone hung round their neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. What are we to make of those rather violent verses? <laughs> well, if I were preaching a different kind of sermon, then I might, of course, talk about the dire consequences for anybody who abuses or mistreats children. But in the context of today's talk, I want to suggest that there's a warning here 
for those of us who do not embrace and encourage the childlike qualities that we've been talking about. You see, we can cause others to stumble, like it says here. I think we can be doubters. We can be cynics. We can be critics. When somebody comes up with a new idea, we might say, oh, yes, we tried that before and it didn't work. We might deter and discourage people who are up for taking a risk. Or when somebody shares a dream, we might dismiss it. We might unintentionally model a way of life that sends out the message we don't bother praying for people because it just feels like a while since we've seen anything happen. Or we once read the Bible all the way through, but yeah, we've, we've given that up now. Or yeah, I found my ministry and I'm sticking to that. I've been doing it for 20 years. I don't really want to try anything new. We can discourage. And the consequences of us doing that and causing others to stumble seem pretty dire. So what does being really great look like? Jesus tells us to be like children. Seeing the miracles around us and expecting to see more holding his hand, trusting him on our journey, being adventurous, and encouraging others on their adventure. I would love to pray for us all that we would know more about what it means to be a little child again. If you um, feel comfortable doing that, would you like to stand as I pray? Or you can stay sitting if you prefer. You might want to hold out your hands to receive. I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. He's already here. We've known his presence through the worship, through our whole service. So my prayer for every one of us is that God would speak to us this morning about what it means for us to be like a little child and embrace the now of the kingdom. I'm just going to pause, give you an opportunity to listen to what God particularly wants to say to you. pray for all of us. Lord, would you release us from any fears that might grip us, that we would be open this morning to receiving what you want to give us. I think for some of us that looks like old dreams being reignited. 
For some, it means taking a risk, stepping out, doing something new, something different. Some of you, when I shared that story about me and my dad, that really resonated with you. And if there's, you know, anything that is wrong in your body or your mind or your spirit this morning, then I would encourage you to say, make me better, Daddy. Trust, depend on your Heavenly Father.